Life is one long journey made up of many detours. Some are chosen and some are not, but they all teach us something along the way. Welcome to the Detour Podcast, where conversations about life detours and travel detours converge. It's one part human experience and one part travel experience put together to teach and inspire us to take the detour and enjoy the wander. I'm your host, Sheila Shinsky, and I thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Every day, we get 24 hours to spend whichever way we wish, so I'm super grateful that you have chosen to take some of that time to be with us today. Today's guest is going to talk to us um, about meditation, and this is a continuation of our series, Total Wellness, Mind, Body, and Spirit. I have to chuckle every time I record and then listen back, you know, for doing editing and making the post. I think I say it a different way every time. Sometimes I say body, mind, and spirit. Sometimes I say mind, body, and soul. But you get the gist. This whole series for the first part of 2020 is focusing on us as whole people. We're all a mind a body, and a spirit or soul. And so our first few guests in this series were people who had transformed their bodies. And then we had some great guests who taught us about transforming our minds. And now we are going to have some guests that talk to us about our spiritual life and transforming ourselves spiritually and in our soul. So today's guest is Rebecca, and she's had a transformation herself so much that she has a new name now that she goes by, and that is Ronnie, R-A-N-I. And she's a meditation coach and a recently certified yoga teacher. And she's been guiding her students and clients through the transformative experience of meditation for over seven years. After 10 years as a supply chain and IT professional, a very, very different career path, she was working for Lululemon Athletica and other big retail brands And when she hung up her corporate hat to train closely with respected spiritual leaders. She underwent strict spiritual discipline, learned the ancient languages, and the practices to transform her own internal world from a dark place riddled with trauma and depression to one of healing, gratitude, and giving. And it changed her so much that now she has to help others do it as well. So she's going to tell us all about it. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, we're, I'm super excited. Uh, what you guys don't know is we've already been chatting for a long, long time um, before we <laughs> even started recording. It's just an interesting subject, and Rebecca is just such a a, a light and positive uh, spirit and energy. And I love I love talking with her. And we're in this beautiful home uh, that's like a oasis in the middle of uh, the city. Yeah, uh, it's an incredible place <laughs> yeah. that we're at. So uh, let's get started. Before we get into the story of how you found meditation and how you're using it now, let's just talk a little bit about your background. Um, I alluded to what you used to do, but even before that, growing up, you had an interest in neurology and the brain, and you actually thought about being a neurologist instead of this corporate IT world, correct? That's correct. I had a fascination with biology and and psychology, and it translated into a love of neurology, So I remember being around eight or nine years old 
at the library with my dad and pulling out huge big books about brains and begging him to please let me check these books out and I would take them home and I didn't always understand what I was reading but I was fascinated to learn about the brain. Oh, that's really cool, especially at such a young age to want to pick those books instead of, you know, little kid books. That was definitely an indicator. Yeah, my my dad was a really into nutrition at the time. Before it was cool, mm-hmm. he we weren't allowed to have sugar, and he was really big on us um, eating our grains and um, taking vitamins and things like that. So um, I wanted to be somebody that was healthy, and I wanted to bring in that natural aspect to health. And when... Um, I found myself always analyzing people and trying to understand why they did what they did. And I, so I was very anxious to figure out how I could put those two things together. Yeah, that's, that's a very cool uh, thing to be for such a little (laughs) kid. So then about 17 years old though, you had um, an accident and sustained a head injury that sort of caused you to go on this different path from what you were thinking about into a different career. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So uh, I was 17 and I, I got into a really bad accident with a, a car and I hit my head so hard that I actually had cerebral brain fluid leaking out of my ear. And um, it was such an intense injury. I had um, been knocked unconscious. And when I came to, uh, the doctors told me that, you know, something, something really bad had happened and I was in shock. They had to keep me in the hospital for several days. They did several CAT scans on me to see, uh, what the problem was before they released me back to my parents. But, um, they, at the time, technology wasn't advanced enough to see really what had happened. Um, so, I didn't go back to the doctor and the reason is because after that injury I felt like I felt like something broke inside of me and I was too scared to leave my room so my parents couldn't get me to go back to the doctor nor could they um, get me to do much of anything and um, for for a long time I, I wouldn't leave my room. My friends actually one day came and forced me to leave. I was all bandaged up and, um, they took me out to a social event. And I just remember having crushing anxiety, um, the whole time. Wow. So were you, so you were, you know, diagnosed with a a traumatic brain injury and were they wanting to do additional treatments were they wanting were they saying like this would get better or you just got so paralyzed you just wouldn't go back it was so at the time my parents were in the middle of a divorce and so they didn't really have the attention or the capacity to really um be there for me that was my experience anyway and so it would have been left to me to actually follow up and do something. But because I had so much anxiety and I really was just scared of the Mm -hmm. world, there was just no way I almost didn't want to know. And because of what I had learned about the brain, I knew that or in psychology is that if I believed that I had a problem, 
I would always believe that. And so there was a part of me that was scared to know the extent of the damage. You just didn't want to acknowledge that and then have that carrying around with you. That's right. So a little bit of denial, like, yeah, <laughs> la, 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 this isn't happening. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I would say so. Yeah. yeah. So you obviously did graduate high school. Did you go off to college or did you start in this career or what happened next? Yeah, well, I was in the middle of, um, I, because of my love for science, um, I was in advanced math and science classes. And so I started going to, I, they had a running, a program where you could start going to college your sophomore year. Mm -hmm. So I was already going to a college at the time, and after the head injury, I was really finding that it was hard to um, focus on studies and, and do that. So gradually, I, um, I stopped going, and I just put in to, do my, to finish off my um, uh, high school diploma. You know, I just yeah. did mm-hmm. your, requ- your requirements yeah, for high school. Yeah, requirements for high school, and then... Um, I didn't end up finishing the degree. I ended up um, dropping out after that. Okay. So at some point, though, you did um, get into this career and well enough to be sent to Australia, right? Yeah. So because I because I had um, dropped out of college, or well, actually, because I my parents got a divorce. I started taking care of myself after that. So I had a full-time job when I was 16. I really was working throughout this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so I started working at a warehouse and I was getting promoted quite quickly. And so I decided that I would just focus on my career rather than school and just let my dreams of being a neurologist die. There was just, in my world, there was no way that was going to happen. So I, they promoted me up till I was managing an account and it happened to be Lululemon Athletica. And that Lululemon had decided to open their own warehouse and they asked if I would come help manage it. So I of course said yes, it was a great opportunity. And I moved to, uh, down from Seattle to further south in order to help open up that building. And we did that for about a year and a half. And then they said, hey, you know, we're, we're looking to open another building in Australia. So we'd like to um, send you to help with that one. So, of course, I mean, I said, yes, absolutely. I'll go to Australia. So they sent me to Australia and I helped open a building there. And I did that for two years. And... Um, Around that time, I was, you know, one of the things that had come with my injury was that I was experiencing, you know, the anxiety and the depression were always there. And I was able to deal with them by focusing on work. You know, if I just put my whole life into working and so I wouldn't have to think about it, but there was definitely, you know. Underlying there. Yeah. When you couldn't distract yourself, it was right there. Right. And when I got to Australia, that started to translate into drinking. Um, it's very culturally appropriate. I mean, that's drinking is like drink, drinking beer there is like drinking water. And um, I 
my, my friend group probably wasn't the best influence on me as well. And a lot of time was spent, um, drinking. And I found that that was really helping, uh, with my social anxiety and with my depression. Um, when I was in the U S I had been diagnosed with anxiety and depression and I was taking medication for it. But when I moved to Australia, I couldn't, um, you know, I wasn't taking it anymore. I didn't know how to handle the fact that I was in a new country. So I just self-medicated. Well, that's a um, typical thing sometimes that people do, you know, when you don't actually deal with your problems. We've talked about that on other podcasts. You find a way to cope, you know, you, you can eat, overeat or shop or drink or different things like that. So that's a, you know, real common thing that, that people do. But at some point you decided, okay, this life is not working for me. And you left Australia and you just wound up in Ohio. Yeah. And then this kind of led to the whole meditation detour. Yeah. So I, I, I knew it wasn't, I knew Australia, you know, wasn't, I needed to get out of that lifestyle. And I, when the company told me there was an opportunity in Ohio, I thought this is my chance to sequester myself into the middle of the country and just, you know, focus on myself. So I took the job and when I got there, it was like, I mean, I moved from the most livable city in the, what was voted the most livable city in the world to Columbus, Ohio, which is a great little town, but in comparison was was very, not the hub of, no. of culture and, and uh, right. society. Right. Right. <laughs> no um, offense to any Columbus, Ohio listeners. Right. Their main focus is football and, um, you know, and, and I had, you know, so yeah. I had a really hard time making friends. Um, I had very much acclimated to Australian culture and it was very difficult for me to relate to people in the U.S. So not only was I not able to make new friends, but I wasn't really getting along with the people that I worked with. I was in a new, you know, they had moved me from managing operations to working in the IT department. And that was a huge transition. All of a sudden, I'm not in charge anymore. All of a sudden, um, I don't know. I'm not the one, the smartest person in the room. I don't know what's going on as far as IT. I'm learning, you know, I, I, was okay, but you know, it wasn't your forte or your comfort level. Right. And so, and on top of that, I'm trying to not drink anymore. And I'm, so I'm going through what I, and I didn't understand at the time was, was a huge physical, emotional withdrawal of my lifestyle. And, um, I knew, you know, I really had felt that I needed to be there. And so I, 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 You know, I, at the time, you know, I wasn't really, I wasn't, certainly wasn't religious. I wasn't totally sure if there was a God. I didn't, um, I just knew though that I was supposed to be there. And I thought if this is, you know, I'm just going to cry out to the universe and ask for some sort of guidance. So, so I did. And, um, I went out, I said, you know, I need something, give me a sign. And I went out for a run one morning and it was really cold morning and I did not, normally do that and I saw a sign for a spiritual fair and I thought okay you know it just really struck me so I thought I need to go I need to go to this fair and I went and I met 
a, a couple that I really resonated with. I said, okay, great. And this is, this is a sign from the universe. I have friends that I can relate to now. You know, they had traveled outside of Columbus. And so, you know, that was... You had some commonalities. Had some like, commonalities. They, they weren't born and bred and right. they had at least left the state, right? right, right. <laughs> there was something to talk about. Right. <laughs> and um, they invited me to another conference or another, you know, weekend, like a mind, body, spirit kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I said, yeah, we'll meet you there. And so I went and um, I walked in. And as soon as I walked in, there was a man at a booth across the room. And he just stuck out like a sore throat. He was a, a small little Japanese man and in a sea of, of white Americans. And so I went, as I went over to him, I said, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and... He said, oh, you know, you, God is inside you. You need to be healed. And I was so, I mean, it was so, like, in my face, you know, mm-hmm. because that, you know, that was his response to me. And I said, I said, oh, okay. And then he stuck his hand out and he waved it around my lower areas. He says, you shiny here. And then he waved it around my head he goes but you know shiny here ah he said healing is donation only ah. <laughs> I'm like okay I guess I'm like, getting a healing what does all this mean yeah <laughs> and you know I was so it was just so outside of my realm of uh understanding our experience but I just thought you know somehow you know I was just going with the flow mm-hmm so I, I sat down and we're in the middle of this room and there's so many people and I was so embarrassed, but I just was like, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, he, he told me to close my eyes and he started doing his thing and I could hear him chanting and, you know, I could feel his hands kind of going around me a little bit. I'm not like, you know, touching me, but just you know, going around. And, um, then afterward when, he, oh, he was blow, you know, he blew on me a few times. And <laughs> you're like, what's happening no, right no. now? I remember being so embarrassed. Like, everybody must be staring. But I just, you know, I just, it's fine. So afterward, he goes, oh, now you shiny. And I gave him a donation. I gave him a really big donation because I remember just being like, thank God for this. You know, yeah. like, I'm glad to be shiny now. And then I, I left and I thought, okay, well, that was weird. But whatever, you know, that was all right. And I just kept thinking about it because um, it was such an odd event and it kept staying in my mind. So I I texted my new friends that I had met at that conference. I said, hey, are you guys available? Something kind of strange happened today and I'd really like some people to talk to you about it. And they said, yeah, go ahead and come over. So I went over. This is my first time to their house. And I, I came over and... I walked into their apartment, and there was that man, that <laughs> Japanese man, what, <laughs> sitting, sitting on the couch, and he, or he was laying down, and I walked in, and he stood up, and he looked at me, and he goes, "Oh, shiny girl." Yeah. <laughs> he goes, "We need to talk." And 
was like, okay, you know, sure. Rebecca, are you pulling my leg right now? Like, this has really happened. It really happened. It was straight out of a movie. I was going to say, I'm having, like, um, gremlins flashbacks or something. Like, don't feed after midnight. He's going to give you a mogwai or something. I'm telling you what, I... It was one of those moments where it was so surreal that you just had to go with it. Yeah. Because, you, you know, obviously something's happening here. Right. Mm-hmm. And so so I sat down and I said, yes, you know, and, and he just started, it. he just started expounding on the secrets of the universe. I mean, the stuff he was telling me, first of all, was way over my head. I had no idea what any of it meant. But I could tell that it was important. And so mm-hmm. I kept listening mm-hmm. and I kept asking questions and he was, he, he, you know, he, I basically was forgetting it right after he told me because it was just so out of my sphere of understanding. And we talked for a good hour, hour and a half. And, um, he told me to come see him the next day and he was going to teach me how to do that healing technique that he did on me. So I said, okay, so it was, so I went to the to the center where he where he was gonna be, and I watched him do a healing on someone else. And um, afterward, he said, "Did you watch?" I said, "Yeah, but I have no idea what you did. I don't know why you did it. I don't know. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not gonna remember. I didn't take notes." Mm-hmm. And he's and you know, I'm like, "You need to, you know, keep. I you need to show me again. Yeah, you gotta you explain know? this. <laughs> right? Was this like rate like a Reiki type thing or?" Um, it was, I mean, now that I know what Reiki is and I know what he did, mm-hmm. it's, it is slightly different. Oh, okay. Um, but at the time I didn't okay. know. And he looked at me and he goes, don't worry, you'll remember and ran off and he was like, <laughs> done. He's done with me. I'm done. I okay. Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I was just like. Wax on, wax off. Don't ask any questions. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh my goodness, this is funny. Right. So no wonder this was very. Yeah, I would be going back too. I would just be like, wait, I what's going on here? So, so that so that was that, and I just was like, well, I just had a weird weekend, and that was, you know, and that was it. And I I basically forgot about it because there's nothing I could do. Mm-hmm. I I had no idea what he said, and I had no idea what we did, and that was the end of it. So about a month later, though, I got. I just got the inspiration that I should, you know, I've heard so much about meditation. I should really try meditation. And, um, so I Googled on YouTube, you know, how to meditate or meditate, you know, whatever. And I found some YouTube videos and I just started practicing with that. And I remember the first time I sat down and put music on, you know, headphones on and closed my eyes, I freaked out. I mean, I freaked, I could not handle going inside. Yeah, I couldn't handle closing my eyes and being still. It absolutely terrified me. What can you explain that a little bit? Like so I know that when I've tried to meditate, like I can't concentrate long enough. I think about all kinds of things. All of a sudden I'm making a grocery list or yeah, yeah. you know, things that I never heard making noise in my house before. Suddenly I'm hearing something clicking and the fans going in the and they're worrying somewhere and why is my dog breathing like that (laughs) (laughs) well I certainly um didn't know this at the time when I started but how I understand it now is we don't sit and release our 
attention in our thoughts. And so my teacher would say, you're mentally constipated. (laughs) (laughs) You are full of beep. (laughs) And so that's what you're experiencing. And it's, it's, wow. Thanks. Just like it's uncomfortable to be physically, physically constipated, it's uncomfortable and mentally constipated. All right. So now yeah. how, what, how do we take like an X-lax or something? <laughs> well, I mean, just like, I mean, you it's a great analogy really yeah. because it, you can, you know, if you just are patient and you take the time and you, and you do the practices, you know, to relax your body and release your thoughts and you release your... Um, attention, it will come out. And after practice, you can start being intentional. And I know for me, when I, during that time when I couldn't even close my eyes for 30 seconds, um, I remember it took me checking my timer. I mean, I thought surely I've been sitting here for an hour and I would look at the timer and it's been like three minutes. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it just felt like an eternity and you just have to keep doing it. And I eventually worked up to being able to sit without checking my phone for 30 minutes. And that was a huge, I mean, that took me several months of doing it every single day in the morning and the night to get there. And and that's just what it was for me. I, I've heard stories that it was easier for people, but for me, it just, it wasn't. I had a lot of crap. <laughs> <laughs> You needed to have multiple movements. Right, right. right. Brain, brain movements. That's, right, that's, right. that's so interesting. So um, I kind of interrupted you there. So that that's just basically how you started. Then you is um, you, you YouTubed. You yep. started trying to practice this. You just said to yourself, "Did so something inside of you just knew like this is what I'm supposed to do?" How did you? stay committed to doing that every day when it wasn't working for a long, like yeah. quote working I, for yeah. such a long time. I was getting, yeah, I was getting encouragement. Um, one of the, in the very beginning, I had this experience where I felt like I went out into outer space. It absolutely terrified me. It was one of the scariest things that had I mean, at this point, I've experienced some pretty freaky stuff, but <laughs> that, that was, that gave, it scared me, but it helped me understand that there's something going on. There's something mm-hmm. beyond the mundane experience. And because of that, and I, because I wanted to learn more, I kept going. And because I was doing it every morning, I thought, you know, I, I really ought to do this at work. I mean, I worked at Lululemon. It's a yoga apparel company. So it's not, we do yoga at work. It wouldn't be totally outside of the realm of, of acceptance to Mm -hmm. meditate there. So I asked if I could start meditating at work and they said that was fine. And so I, I invited everyone. I said, if you want to come meditate with me, I'm going to be there every morning at 7am to do it. And, um, one person came and it was just the two of us for a while, but having that accountability really helped too. Like Mm. now I've made this commitment to everybody. I was going to be there. So that helped as well. Good advice. I mean, when you're trying to do anything, it it helps to have somebody be accountable too, because it's harder to cancel on other people than it is on yourself. Like, no, I won't do that today. But if someone's expecting you, right. 
after that first person, then more people, you know, she told other people. And so someone else came and then pretty soon we had 30 people in that room every morning meditating together. And you would just put on some relaxing music and everybody would sit there or? Well, I, I put on you, you know, I would test out YouTube videos that I liked and I would put those on. And then eventually one of the girls said, you know, you should really start leading us in meditation. And I, I mean, girl, that freaked me out. (laughs) I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know, you know, like Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do that. And I understood because we would sit there sometimes and some people didn't like the meditation or really, really bad ones would come on. And so I, I understood that we could get some continuity if I started doing it. So I started researching how to, how to lead meditation and I, and how to write scripts and, you know, just learning more. And um, thanks to the feedback of the people who came with me to tell me all the things that I, they didn't like about what I did and what they did like, I got a lot of instant feedback. Mm. And since I was doing it every day, I mean, this was like, I was getting a lot of feedback very quickly. So I was able to adjust to the room. I have a scientific mind. So I'm always testing. Okay. Who liked it? Why did they like it? What, what worked? What didn't work? And why? Why is it that we can all meditate and five people in the room loved it and had a great experience and 10 people didn't like it and nothing happened. It was crazy. So I, you know, and I, so I started really getting analyzing analyzing, Mm -hmm. and what I found actually through a lot of research was that we have different brain types and depending on what kind of brain you have, you will resonate with different kinds of meditations. Oh. And I'm kind of jumping ahead because I didn't learn this until more recently, but there's a, a, a neurologist at UCLA who I happened to get in contact with, and he's done brain scans on people and various different activities and he got really into meditation and doing a lot of the same practices I do. And so he started testing all this out. And what he found was that there's a correlation between your Myers-Briggs personality and how your brain relates to reality and your internal world. So what that means is if when now as a meditation coach, I have people I have them tell me what is your personality type because that tells me about your brain and that tells me what kind of meditations will most likely resonate with you. Ah, without, without going too deep into it, can you, can you break that down a little bit? Like if you're typically, you know, I don't know what the, I've done this test like a long time ago, so I can't pull it up into my brain right now. Yeah. Give me some examples. So if you're feeling type and we all have feelings so you know but there's a there's a type that you know um relates to the world through their feelings um you'll resonate more with internal body meditations and and experiencing like the gratitude meditations and uh manifesting meditations things where you can project your internal world into your experience of the meditation mm-hmm. if you're an introvert you'll appreciate um more of the what's going on inside of you if you're an extrovert you'll appreciate meditations where you're impacting uh different kinds of like going on a beach long walk on a beach or 
um, you know, some sort of guided visualization. Um, for some people who, like for the sensates, they appreciate having a traditional background, like understanding the uh, where this meditation came from, what kind of, uh, what influenced it and what's it going to, you know, why does it matter and what am I going to get for it? If you're a, um, a logic thinker, um, like if you're an INTP, for example, you would probably not want all that. That would be fluff. All of that would be fluff. And you would just want to do a body scan. You do Systematic. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, get to the system. point. Get to the yeah, point. Yeah. yeah, don't walk me down the beach. Right. Don't, yeah, just like let's, let's do the body scan, get to right. the point. Yeah. And for people that aren't that familiar with um, some of these terms, maybe not familiar with meditation at all, um, can you just briefly explain what a guided meditation is? And, oh, yeah, and, sure. Yeah. So a guided meditation, you would first, like, if, you would first sort of relax, and then you would start in your mind's eye to visualize a scene or a scenario, um, and that can be used for either relaxation, it can be used for uh, mental practice, so like a lot of um, athletes do this, where they'll imagine themselves running the track and going through the um, finish line and it's it's a sort of dreaming while you're awake okay and so we you so for a, someone designing a meditation in that way there should be some kind of goal for that for me it's either relaxation or sometimes it's just fun to you know uh, experience those things you go into the subtle world of yourself and the imagery, just like how in your dreams they represent different things, mm -hmm. the imagery of a guided meditation means different things. It can have a physiological effect on you. So one of the more famous meditations that I've done, you're grounding yourself. You're sitting by a tree, and you're imagining that roots are growing down into the ground, and there's, um, there's an energy exchange that you have with the earth. And most people after this meditation will come out feeling really centered, really grounded, and really energized to start their day. It's a great morning meditation. And this is what you're imagining in your mind really is energetically going on. Just like how people have said, you know, you set your goals and you visualize your goals, you make that stuff happen. Mm -hmm. And just like how, you know, if you want to get down to a scientific level, um, it's been proven in quantum physics that the observer actually impacts atoms. And so I'm not a, you know, I'm not a quantum physicist and I don't want anyone to get, you know, caught up in that, caught yeah. up in that. but it is, you know, we know that just observing affects reality. So in that same way, when we intentionally visualize and we intentionally, uh, create, an experience it it does actually go on in our body and it does actually affect the physical world well something that maybe some people who aren't quite grasping this or whatever might might grasp is sort of we hear a lot now about you know uh, positive affirmations and the science that they're now finding where it um changes the actual brain chemistry or the um i forget the actual word but like the the grooves the neural pathways and the yeah. grooves within your brain and so uh having saying positive things um mm -hmm. saying affirmations of 
you know, I, I am strong, uh, I am smart, I, you know, you was kind, you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> all those things. Yeah. Um, if you repeat them enough, the same way as if you do the negative, mm-hmm. you can adversely affect yourself. It literally does change the brain chemistry, the wiring, the, the neural pathways and all of that. And all of that science has really been in the mainstream now. Yeah. If some of this meditation stuff is a little over anybody's head. Yeah. yeah. So it's just the same. We're just using meditation to do what you just described. Yeah. In in more various ways mm-hmm. and whatever our med, our goal meditation. Whatever our goals for meditation are, we can actually design experiences to reach those goals. Okay, so that's pretty. That's pretty cool. So now, um, you—that's what your work is now. You've totally transitioned out of that uh, corporate field, and you've been doing this for what did we say in the intro? About ten years. Well. Oh, seven, seven years, years yeah. but you had a little overlap because you sort of started while you were still working at you know, doing those corporate meditations yeah. with your coworkers. Yeah, I would say, so, you know, imagine me, I'm in IT, I'm, I'm a professional, and I'm going on about meditation with everyone. And um, I, I'm, I'm looking really weird, you know, so <laughs> there's a lot of, you know, and it was so real to me, you know, my, what I was experiencing and what was going on in my life was so real to me that I couldn't pretend it wasn't. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm so I'm going to work and I'm meditating and all of a sudden I'm the weird, you know, weird spiritual girl. I don't know what they said. And when you say this was so real to me, what are what are you referring to? What was so real so to you? The changes in the your The changes that were happening in my body, in my life, everything, the people that were entering into my life, you know, they're they're you know, after meeting that Japanese man, which was a pretty incredible experience, more of those kinds of things were happening where people would, um, like there was, I, I found, I don't even know. I found this, this man who was a holistic coach and he said, I'm supposed to teach you. And you know, uh, okay. You know, <laughs> so I started taking his classes and he was he was grounded in a lot of Carl Jung type of teaching, meaning ego development and um, dealing with the subconscious. So while I'm meditating, I'm also learning about my ego. I'm learning about uh, the subconscious world, and I'm seeing all the darkness that was inside of me and starting to really work out the depression and the anxiety and the habits. I mean for example, my choice of men. I mean, I, I was most attracted to, first of all, to guys that didn't really like me. And second of all, um, men who had, you know, uh, um, um, who were emotionally stunted, who were abusive, who were mentally, physically, and emotionally abusive. That was my go-to for men. And, um, I always thought that, you know, I always thought that there's some, I did that, you know, I deserve this or there's something, you know, that I did wrong. And through the coaching and through the meditation, I started to get a sliver of separation between what was going on in my life and my consciousness. I don't know how else to say it. I remember there was this moment when I was you know, I was dating, I was dating a guy really into my meditation. I mean, meditation was my life. And of course he, this man was quite emotionally abusive. So he's making fun of me for it. 
And I remember this moment and I had just had a really beautiful meditation experience. And then I went to go hang out with him and he immediately started just digging in on how awful I was. And I had this moment of like listening to the words I was saying to him. Like separate from yourself where instead of just being unconsciously experiencing this, there was a separate Yes. Like you're watching it. Is that what you mean yes. by that observer? Yes. Okay, yeah, I'm just tracking you. with I know, you. I'm like, yeah, that's okay. About, yeah, you know. mm-hmm. I think I just got what you were trying yeah. to say. Uh huh. <laughs> and I was, and I stopped and I looked at him and I said, I have to go. <laughs> like, yeah. This is not okay, you know. And, and I, um, and I left and I remember driving home being like, what? This is, I've been doing this for years. I've been allowed, I've, I've been inviting these relationships into my life and and I kid this is you know this is not okay I have to change you know so anyway so that was the last that was the last um relationship that I had had I I, I at the time I swore off I'm like I'm gonna be single forever this is you know I yeah need to, I need to fix myself yeah this is, yeah um, you, you know, gotta like figure out why yeah. you're now you know that you are picking the wrong right but and now you're aware of it aware you're of aware it. of it and now you're like okay well how do I how do I sub? I don't trust that I'm not going to do that again. So right. maybe let's just not pick anybody for a while. Right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. And um, and this was going on in my work relationships, and this is going all of a sudden. I'm seeing who I'm being, and and who I'm in, how I'm inviting behaviors, and and I mean, it was just a totally. I mean, imagine like you were the one that caused the train wreck, and you thought it was the conductor, and all of a sudden you realize that no this is, you are, you are the one, you're the reason mm. that your life isn't the way you want it to be. And I've been blaming it on all these other things. And, um, so it was really, it was really confronting and work had just then transferred me back to Seattle, which is where I'm from. And, um, they asked, it was really cool as they also asked me to teach meditation there. So I mean, so now again, I'm you know build rebuilding that community. I'm having you know again the rooms filling up. All you know we're having all these all these beautiful meditation sessions together, and I wanted to bring more to my the people I was sharing with, the people I was leading, and so um, one of the amazing people I met took me to a spiritual center, meditation center, and she had done Reiki on me actually, so that was my first experience of Reiki. And I was really uncomfortable at the spiritual center. So they, it, they, they were called the Sanatan Dharma Temple. And I was raised Christian. I have um, a Christian background. My parent, you know, very, everyone in my family, very strict Christian. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be disowned for this. This is not okay that I'm here. You know, I, I've been, I've been just going with the flow and I've been letting all these things happen, but this is, probably too far you know Mm -hmm. I was really uncomfortable at the time they were doing you know a ceremony that where you can ask for you know something Mm -hmm. from the from the teacher there and I remember listening to all these people asking for money and asking for you know all these things and I'm like oh my gosh all these are so selfish and I thought what can I ask for that's not selfish but I really want you know and I remember asking for loving relationships and I, I mentioned that because hopefully I'll get back to that later. But 
I went home and I couldn't st- shake the feeling that like, oh man, I've done something. I, I shouldn't have gone I there. I shouldn't have gone or, there, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that night I dreamed about that teacher and he came in my dream and he had a really like long, serious talk with me, just similar to the Japanese man, you know, just telling me all this stuff. And I, so I woke up and I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is freaky. <laughs> this is freaky. And I, I thought I'm going to test, I need to tell my family first of all. And I thought I'm going to test the waters with my brother to see how, cause he's probably the most open-minded of all of them. So I called him up and I said, Hey, uh, can I talk to you? And he said, yeah, yeah. Uh, I said, I need to tell you something. And, and I said, I met a Swami, which is what the teachers are called, Swami. And the line goes silent. And after like a pretty long, uncomfortable pause, and I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, Mm -hmm. he goes, so did I. What? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, what? You know, tell me about it. What was your Swami? You know, and so we started chatting, chatting, and we're both just like, what? You know, oh my God, oh my God. So he told, and I said, I'm so uncomfortable about this, this man. And he said, well, mine is, you know, mine's an American, you know, he's an American. He's really awesome. You should come and meet him. You know, he, he has, you know, all this. So he gave me his website and I got to see, I'm like, oh my God, like this, there's so much juice here. Like there's so much information about how to make meditation even more deep and even more uh, useful that I was like, I have to, it's okay. I get it. Universe, you know, I'm going to learn from, I'm going to learn about this. I'm going to move past my discomfort and I'm going to try to learn this. And I emailed him and, um, you know, he, he said, yep, you start here, you know, try these things. And, um, his big, his big offering was that he was, uh, he understood the Sanskrit language and this is an ancient language that's thousands and thousands of years old and the language describes the subtleties of consciousness and so he he felt like you know if I learned this language that I would better understand a what was happening to me and what I was experiencing and b be able to more intentionally traverse the subtle world that that was that I was experiencing through meditation um, so I started, I started studying and I started bringing that to the class that I, that I did at, at work. And I had fallen so in love with it. I thought this, I just have to do this. This is, um, this is more important to me than work. I was seeing the persona that I created at work who to go into work and pretend to be this strong woman, professional woman who worked in IT. And I mean, this was a male dominated Mm -hmm. field that I was in. And I had created a person, a persona to to fit into that world. Right. Yeah. And I could, because that gap between who I was being and who I really was, was getting wider. I thought I cannot show up fake every day anymore. Like no longer can I do this. Right. Yeah. And, um, not to mention, you know, who I was, was, wasn't very, you know, looking back, I wasn't very pleasant, you know? Mm. And so, um, anyways, I, I just remember writing up my resignation letter and I had been there for seven years. So you have to understand this was a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I just put it in my desk. I thought, I'm just going to have this here just in case I'm... <laughs> I'm not going to really share it with anybody it just yet. Yeah. <laughs> and um, then, you know, this girl I worked with just totally... I mean, the people are just in the corporate world can sometimes be so nasty. And I just I just remember, you know, she she had done something. She I can't even remember now, but she had done something and it just... It was the straw. It was the straw. And mm-hmm. I was like, yep, done. Grabbed that yep. letter, went to my boss, put it on her desk. Sorry, I gotta, I gotta go. <laughs> go. Kind of like when you had that revelation with the with the bad boyfriend, where you yeah. were like, "Yeah, gotta go." Yeah, right. <laughs> and then you're just like, "At the job, gotta go." Yep, time to go. <laughs> gotta go. Gotta yeah. Go. No, no further explanation. I just gotta go. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everyone said, "Don't do it." What are you doing? You're throwing away a career. You're throwing away. You're throwing everything away. You know, you just have to get past and. You know, and I just remember that after doing that, I was driving back to my apartment and I, I was in my mind, I'm like, Oh God, did I just make the biggest mistake of my life? Did I, you know, like I need to turn around. I need to go back. I need to say I was wrong. I'm sorry. Just, you know, give me my job back. And as soon as I was having all those thoughts, you know, this sometimes happens. I look over to the car that's passing Mm -hmm. me. And they had there was a sticker on the car that said, "Don't look back. You're not going that way anymore." I love those. <laughs> it, I love those synchronicities, like oh, where I, God is just like sending you a message, like, "You're it's okay. It's right, okay. Right, it's, okay. <laughs> it's okay to be upset. It's okay. Just right. don't. Yeah, keep going. You keep did going. the right thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. We have um, about fifteen minutes." Um, left to go so I want to get to more specifically what you do but I do want to touch on you so how do you now with this teachings with your Christian background and some how, how do you incorporate all that now what what because this isn't really a religion per se um so to explain explain where you're at now since you were kind of alluding to having that discomfort and clearly you're not now yeah I mean I definitely uh, don't throw away anything that I was raised with. My dad was always really big on us cultivating a personal relationship with God. And so I'm grateful for that. And I I still see that that's what I'm doing. I'm still cultivating my personal relationship with God. And um, what I've seen is I've seen people from all faiths and all religions cultivate their relationship with God and who am I to say that what that their experience of God is different than my experience of God and so what I offer through meditation I want I try to make it really universal and there you know there are Christians that come to me and I and I let them know that I have that Christian background and I Jesus is very much a source of divinity he very much was a son of God and through cultivating a relationship with Jesus, you're cultivating a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I also believe that there are other ways to cultivate a relationship with God, depending on your culture, your beliefs, and uh, you know how God has shown up in each of our lives. And I'm not here to debate that or to try and convince anyone of something other than what they believe. That faith. That, that each of us has is our channel to divinity and we shouldn't sever that. You know, we should be nourishing that. 
And so that being said, what I do in my practice very much has to do with the Sanskrit language. So I chant mantras. I connect with God by thinking of him in various ways and sometimes even, you know, in nature. So I think about how God shows up for me on the back of a bumper of a car Mm -hmm. and God shows up for me um, in my meditation and, you know, like I, I meditate on my heart and I see um, meditating monks, you know, sitting there when I'm and when, you know, all of those images just remind me of divinity. They don't necessarily to me mean that God is a particular way. I understand. So it's very personalized for you and really I'm in agreement with you that we do have to have that personal relationship with God and the way that he meets us can be different. Yeah. And, um, and it is personal to you. Yeah. Yep. So that's good. Good answer. I just wanted to know where, yeah, where yeah. you stood on that. So are there any, um, myths or questions that you encounter from others that are new to meditation? Um, or anything, any encouragement that you would give to those who are maybe wanting to get into meditation where they would start or if they're having trouble being consistent, um, anything like that? Well, the biggest myth that I run into is that it is associated to a religion. So I'm glad you already asked about that. Um, meditation is, is all about where you're directing your attention. And when we start out and we experience all those random thoughts and all those random things, it's okay. That's normal. And by the way, that's never going to stop where, and it's supposed to be that way. You're just letting, let, it's like, imagine thoughts as beings or they're in your mind and they want attention. So you give them what attention they want. You give them that energy and then you say, thank you. And you let it go. And you, whatever technique, you know, I use, um, you can even just say release. I release you. Thank you. I release you. You know, whatever we resist persists. So if you're trying not to think, you're probably going to keep thinking about things you don't want to. Okay. Uh-huh. So through so these meditation techniques train our ability to pay attention to different things. And what's really beautiful is that when when we've released all of the mental constipation, we can see what is behind the mind. And this is another really beautiful coupling with understanding neurology and how the brain works is that I now I can kind of see, okay, I know when my brain is talking and I know when um, my spiritual self is talking. Um, I feel pretty clear now when I get messages from God and from the universe and being able to silence my brain long enough to hear that has been absolutely transformational. I mean, as you can probably imagine, yeah. Yeah, and um, as you're talking, I'm just thinking about different, you know, be still and know, you know, mm-hmm. Bible verses, meditate on these verses day and night. It's all it's all through biblical teaching mm-hmm. as well, all mm-hmm. of these practices. So as you said, it's not actually tied to a particular religion, but more of a, a vehicle or, or practice to get connected to God, Holy Spirit, what your inner spirit, whatever you Yep. Label it. Yep. 
Um, and then for people who just want to start out, I think taking small steps. So make a commitment, I'm going to meditate for five days. Don't tell yourself you're going to meditate every day now. That's I've never seen anyone who could do that. And just say, okay, I'm going to meditate. And just small. I'm going to meditate for one day. And just feel really, really good that you did that for one day. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, you can do something... So I want to meditate for five days, and each day I'm going to meditate for one minute longer, and I'm going to start at five days. Make it fun. Have fun. Mm -hmm. you know? Give yourself a little challenge and do it that yeah. way instead of focusing. Because, again, <laughs> as you said, if you focus on, oh, I've got to do this, then there's a, probably a resistance already built in. That's right. And, you know, find stuff that works for you. There's d different voices that are going to resonate with you. There's a lot of stuff that goes on subconsciously and our brain likes different things so it's okay and just experiment and have fun with it that would be you know the big one and another myth is that once you do this you're going to be peaceful and that is another thing I'm going to say I don't believe is true when you meditate things in your subconscious are going to come up and when you deal with them, it is going to affect your world outside of you. And, and also, if you meditate for relaxation and you're really stressed out, there is something physiologically that happens where your amygdala and your brain will start to shut down, which is good because the amygdala is your flight, fight or flight response. So they've found that with more meditation, you are more peaceful in that way but it's not like the meditation is necessarily a peaceful experience. Okay, got it. Mm -hmm. I understand. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that does make sense. So do you have meditations available that people can listen to? Tell us, tell us now what exactly that you're doing. I know that we had talked about this a while ago when we were planning for this day, and then in the interim, your whole life kind of changed. So yeah. Um, tell us how we can reach you, uh, what, what you're doing now and, um, all those kind of things. Yep. So, uh, you can, so now I'm a meditation coach. So I work with people. I make personalized meditations based on all of the different aspects of, of your brain and who you are. And, um, I also do astrology. I learned that from my teacher. So depending on what people, what aspects people are interested in, we can get a full spectrum analysis of you and then provide tools for meditation based on that and I have a website it is inhaleandrelease.com there there's recorded meditations there's meditation products blogs it will be expanding because as you said my life is changing and so I'm going to be adding more photos and videos and things like that. So that'll be growing. So it's important to connect with me to get updates on those things. There's a mailing list on the website that you can subscribe to. I don't, I don't bomb people. I just try to keep people updated and, and inspired. I get it. Remembering to meditate and having that stuff. So I just share. Um, my Instagram is Ronnie underscore right now. And Ronnie is R-A-N-I underscore right now and my facebook is facebook.com slash inhale and release 
So following me in any of those places, and then I share the opportunities. I On Facebook, I do group meditations every Sunday morning. So there's a group on there. We all meditate together. Um, the changes that are happening are going to pull me out of being able to offer consistently this year. So I, I've just gotten my 200-hour yoga teacher certification. And my fiancé, I haven't mentioned that, so after all this meditation, all this healing, I have uh, met my my life partner, and, and we're getting married soon. And he is a yoga teacher, so he'll be, him and I will be opening up our services to train people in, med, uh, excuse me, in yoga and meditation. We're going to India in March to, with our teachers to, to undergo very, you know, again, that really strict spiritual discipline where we sit and meditate for 10 hours or more for nine days. And it's very intense. And so I want to share what that's, what doing something that like that is like. And that will be a really cool thing just to follow along. You're going to do like a blog or a vlog or what are you planning on doing with that? Yeah, so I'm going to be writing blogs and making videos. And if you go, so it'll be on Instagram, it'll be on my website, it'll be on Facebook. And I'll probably have a YouTube channel set up. I just don't have the... Logistics name. all worked out yeah. yet. Yeah. So just make sure, you know, to connect in some way to get updates on that. That sounds like really interesting stuff. I'm so happy that you um, had this detour in transition in your life and you um I when you were talking about you know this corporate world persona and you weren't actually very nice I can't imagine it because you're just an incredible person and and so sweet and your energy is just great I've only just met you recently but I'm just like we could hang out all day long I feel <laughs> like you're just delightful and definitely have given us a really really interesting conversation today so I'm so thankful that you've done that um, and appreciate getting to know you yeah thanks for having me here and letting me share my story it's um it's it's nice to be able to share the journey because it's it's definitely been a ride <laughs> yeah for sure any last words to encourage our listeners that might be interested in in this way of life maybe they're getting some synchronicities maybe they've just met a odd little Japanese man <laughs> Who told them they're not shiny enough? <laughs> yeah. Um, who you really are is peace and love and light. And everything that you do where you experience that that's not the case should be examined and analyzed so that you can bring your own natural, beautiful light to shine in its place. That was awesome. Perfect ending. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you for listening. You can follow, interact, and ask questions about this episode and others on our Facebook page, The Detour Podcast, and on Instagram at Sheila Shinsky. To hear more conversations like this one, you can listen to all of our episodes on the Detour Podcast channel on Podbean. We're also on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. So be sure to share this episode with a friend who loves podcasts too. And rate, comment, and subscribe yourself. So you can join us next time as we... 
take the detour and enjoy the wander.